welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. I'm here today with uh, Michael Yonker, who um, is the uh, Executive Vice President, um, CHRO at Marriott Vacations Worldwide. Now, Mike, it's, it's very early where you are. Whereabouts in the world are you at the moment? Uh, currently, I'm in Cocoa Beach, Florida, on the Atlantic coast of Florida in the U.S. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, Mike. We've, we've worked across the world um, and, uh, you know, have, a, have enjoyed sort of watching um, your role evolve at, at Marriott Vacations. Can you tell us a bit about your background? Obviously, you've had a long career in HR. Absolutely. Actually, I started, my career started uh, as a child. I was raised in Latin America, was moved to the United States uh, in my teens. I have an MBA uh, from Thunderbird in international management. I've been in the hospitality industry for over 30 years. I started right out of grad school with a company named Marriott. At the time, there were only 100 hotels uh, worldwide. Now there's almost 5,000. And in my role, I actually started in finance. Uh, crossed over to human resources early on. I've had a global role for about eight years now and three years as a chief HR officer. Our parent company, Marriott International, entered the timeshare industry in 1984, and we currently have more than 420,000 owners and members uh, that are enjoying the vacations of their dreams. Uh, in November of 11, 2011, Marriott Vacations Worldwide became a separate publicly traded entity. Uh, focused exclusively on timeshare vacation experiences. We're headquartered in Orlando, Florida, and we are the recognized leader in development, operations, and marketing and sales of timeshare resorts around the world. And tell us more around sort of the scale in terms of employee distribution around the world. Well, we have 10,000 employees worldwide. You know, right now the vast majority of that, 80%, are based here in North America, the Caribbean, Mexico, and the United States. We're very excited about the opportunities uh, uh, elsewhere. We do have operations resorts in Europe, uh, and primarily Spain, France, and other operations in the UK, Ireland, and Dubai. Uh, and we're most excited about uh, you know our growth opportunities uh, in Asia. We have a hub office in Singapore. We have resorts in Thailand, and uh, we are excited. We just announced uh, a new resort in uh, Surfers Paradise, Australia. And we have a few other things on the horizon uh, in Indonesia as well. Very exciting. So one of the topics uh, I wanted to focus on today is really the split between developed markets, if you like, or the mature markets uh, versus emerging markets and how, I guess, you've tailored uh, the company's HR strategies uh, across those two, two spectrums. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, absolutely. Well, Matt, first of all, let me say that I do not do not pretend to be an expert. Obviously, it's been kind of learning on the run. Uh, very excited to have a company that supports the growth, that supports the work that we need to do. Um, but by all means, uh, I do, again, do not pretend to be an expert. I have to say that the learning has been pretty uh, intense. You know, when we spun off about three years ago, I think the first thing we need to do as an independent company breaking off from a very large company is figure out how to support the business. Uh, and that meant very differently. Candidly, right out of the get-go, we reorganized HR. We went from being very, very decentralized, where we had people on the ground at all of our resorts around the world, to a more of a centralized organization. As it relates specifically to outside the U.S., just in the last several months, I've taken resources that were primarily and historically based out of our headquarters in Orlando and very strategically placed them in market. It may not seem like a, a big deal or all that unique, but candidly it was big for us in that we're really moving the talent closer to the business. 
and in the short time that we've made those strides, we've seen great results in terms of response to the business and meeting some of the needs that are unique uh, to working outside of the U.S. And so what have been some of the challenges you've faced across emerging emerging markets? Well, you know, I have to say that, at least from my perspective, um, you know, the essence of managing HR teams and people and organizations in emerging markets is really very similar to that in developed markets. And what I mean by that is people have more in common, in my opinion, across borders than not. You know, we all aspire to grow. We want to be treated with respect. We have people, family, friends that we care about and want to support. And so what I think what we found is that those similarities by far you know, outweigh any differences that there might be. Having said that, there's obviously great complexities uh, in managing in different parts of the world. And I think it's really about understanding how to get underneath those, those, those complexities and making sure that talents are deployed appropriately. You know, from my perspective, um, you know, to be successful, one must have a strong global mindset. And for what I mean by that is that's the ability to really influence individuals, groups, systems, processes that are very, very different than what we personally may be accustomed to. Uh, it is a critical combination, uh, in my mind, uh, of intellectual, psychological, and social capital that enables current and future global leaders to achieve their goals. And when I talk about that, I mean, to me, intellectual capital is all about the knowledge of global organizations, the industries, the value networks, cultural complexities. The psychological capital would refer to the attitude, you know, a person's passion, excitement, respect, flexibility, and openness towards other cultures. And the third component for me is the social capital, is the ability to build sustainable trusting relationships with others from diverse parts. So my role as a leader is to identify the talent that embraces those three elements, uh, the intellectual side, the knowledge, I would say, the attitude, uh, and then again, that social capital. Um, and, and that's the real, that's the excitement of the role, candidly, is putting together the pieces, finding the talent uh, that, that's excited about those opportunities. I found that uh, taking folks that are primarily based in the U.S. or perhaps in Europe, um, that there's a real appetite today to really expand their own personal boundaries to their own development. And I like to refer to them as stretch assignments. So it's about finding people that have those strengths um, and then being able to deploy them against uh, where the needs might be elsewhere uh, in the business. And in terms of the, the appetite, just touching on one of the points you talked about, the appetite for you know people um, from from headquarters or you know the North American market or the European market to take on those assignments, have you found that uh, people have been more open-minded at an earlier career stage, later career stage, at midpoint? What, what have you found? Well, that's a great question, Ben. I mean, I guess, you know, my experience has been that I've got examples of all three. I mean, you know, really, you know, we're excited to be a global company, candidly, where, you know, we have a little bit of a U.S. mentality. We're breaking away from that. I found that from the talent perspective, uh, you know, it really takes a little bit of courage. I mean, it takes leadership, the, 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 the courage to, one, step out of their comfort zones in terms of where resources are deployed. It's real easy to keep them close to, uh, close to home. But sometimes it means make it, taking some risks and, and being willing to move them um, elsewhere closer to the business. So in this case, you know, we've deployed, you know, probably, you know, we've increased the resources in, in AP in, in Asia um, by about 40% in human resources in the last four months. 
And I've been able to do that. I have not had an increase in my budgets, right? So it's really all about having to redeploy resources. The attitude of folks is that it's real easy to find people who are willing to take stretch assignments. So in the last couple of months, we've been able to take people out of their comfort zones, whether it's in London or in uh, Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina, and actually move them into temporary assignments uh, in Asia for as long as 90 days. What I found is that even bringing them back to their home country, that they're still very much engaged uh, in supporting uh, the business. Uh, even though it's not always easy, as you know, right now there's a 12-hour time zone difference between you and I. But I found there's a real appetite uh, to stretch out uh, their own comfort zones and to meet those needs wherever they might be. So it's really about an attitude across you know, all generational lines, if you will, at least what I've seen. Um, there's a real excitement around. In fact, for our business, it's very it's, it's very energizing uh, to have that kind of growth opportunities and just the learning. People basically, by experience, want to learn. They want to grow. They want to stretch. Uh, they want to you know experience new things. And so this globalization, if you will, and emerging into uh, the developing markets has really facilitated that. Have you experimented with the reverse scenario, um, which is taking you know high potential talent from emerging markets and putting them in uh, headquarters or other locations uh, in the developed world, so to speak? You know, we, we have, not with, to the same extent. Now, I am optimistic with time that we'll be able to do more of that as we grow, but that's something that we definitely uh, need to do. Where we have been able to do it is through what I'd call stretch assignments. So they may not be long-term assignments, um, but they could be for several months. Um, and we do that with some regularity. Uh, especially bringing them uh, into our business. We want to make sure that the onboarding experience as we identify new talent uh, is rich in that regard. Uh, and it really is important for them to be immersed into the company, in my opinion, to be able to bring them into where we're already pretty well stabilized. So that's an important part of the onboarding that we want for at least our executive levels uh, in, in the developing countries. And we're doing that right now, as a matter of speak. Just hired uh, a, a new VP of HR supporting, um, supporting the Asia-Pacific area. And, you know, our first day on the job will be in the hub office in Singapore and the second, but the third day they're traveling for an extended period here in the U.S., and we think that will be proved to be pretty valuable as we immerse them uh, into the company. So to conclude, Mike, what advice would you offer other CHROs um, in your position who are managing global HR teams uh, operating under different market and cultural norms? Well, from, from my perspective, again, it's really there needs to be a, a burning platform, and it makes it really easy if the business is the one driving the change and, and, and driving the need. Um, so it's about being responsive to that. I, I guess my own learning, my perspective would be that it's about really immersing in as deep as you can, building critical relationships uh, with those people outside of the U.S. in the developing markets. That means changing work patterns. You know, if you're customarily used to working out of corporate headquarters, I think it's so critically important to really get out. Uh, we do focus groups. I remember right when we spun off as a new company, I deliberately went uh, to all of our key markets, not only in the U.S., where we have 80% of our workforce, but also went to Asia and Europe personally and met with groups of associates and managers to really immerse uh, in the business, to understand what their needs are, their priorities, to build the critical relationships. It's hard to do 
from headquarters. And so I think in my perspective, it's about having that connectivity. Obviously, you can't be traveling all the time. So where you're not able to get out and about, it's about having the rigor, the discipline, the structure to ensure that you have those accountabilities. In my case, as an example, um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm meeting them on their time and not our time zone. So that means usually I have meetings scheduled at 5 a.m. every morning uh, with key leaders uh, in Asia and Europe, uh, wherever we have representation, to make sure that we're connecting, that we're connecting frequently. I have regular interactions with my HR leadership team uh, and my business leaders once a week where we have regular catch-up calls. We do calls at 5 in the morning at 9 o'clock at night this week as an example. And I, and I say that I think it's important because so often I think the cultures would suggest that we meet on headquarters time, but I would suggest that it's probably more valuable that we really connect uh, with the business. And that means you know, respecting that they have a life outside of the normal workday as well and try to be uh, you know, flexible to that. And the last point would be I think each company has their own strengths and what makes them very, very unique and, and uh, successful in the business. And for us, it's our culture. Uh, you know, we found that culture drives satisfaction, and that's ensuring high levels of associate engagement. We focus highly on guest satisfaction. We recognize that talent really drives our future, so it's important to have strategies that support that because uh, it's all about building leadership for tomorrow. And leadership for tomorrow looks a lot different. The face of leadership for tomorrow looks a lot different than I think what it does or historically may have, at least for U.S.-based global companies. So it's very exciting to be a part of that change and that growth. Some great sentiments there from Mike Yonker from Marriott Vacations Worldwide, talking on how they are managing the HR strategy across emerging markets versus developed markets. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.